actually willing to be in communion, then, you know, you begin to realize that you are Groot. You know, you are the tree. You are the sapling. You are, you know, you are part and parcel with everything. And you're one, being oneness is that place where you recognize that you and every animal and every plant and every insect are part and parcel of the communion and the reality that exists here on planet Earth. What if we were looking for where we were like everything else on Earth, not looking at how we were different? And what we tend to do is go into how we're different, not how we are alike. You know, one of the things, Gary, when I had a hysterectomy like many, many years ago, and I had this point of view that, you know, I was going to watch all these movies and read all these books and, you know, as I was quote unquote healing and I could do fuck all. And I have this beautiful balcony. And I remember I laid on my uh, couch on the balcony for hours and hours and days and days. And I have all these native trees out there and I have the native birds. And I remember talking to you and you said, you got me to start looking at this as a gift because I was going, oh my God, I just can't do anything. Like I'm, you know, here yeah. and you said, yeah, but most people, most people walk, spend their whole life just walking upon this planet and not being a part of it. And he said, yeah. what you've gained with this, because I stared at those trees and the birds for hours. And he said, you are, you are, you said to me, you are learning how to be with the earth and be with nature. And from that, moment it's been totally different for me as well yeah well that's how it is for me it's like years ago i was out with some friends in the uh death valley which is in california and i went out there with them and we had you know we went camping and so i decided i was going to go for a walk because i'd seen some wild horses and of course I don't love horses much, but, oh yeah, I do. I'm incredibly <laughs> nuts about them. So I decided I had to go see what was going on with the horses. And so I, you know, I stuck a can of pineapple juice in my pocket and took my t-shirt and my shorts and my tennis shoes and my two dogs and went for a walk to see the horses. And it was amazing to see how these horses would have total communion with each other and they'd have no point of view about me until one of the other horses noticed me or noticed my dogs. And when they would do that, all the horses, all the horses' heads would come up instantaneously. I went, wow, there's a communication here that's going on. It is not verbal and it's not physically available, but it's totally energetically there. And yeah. I realized that's the way animals communicate. So I went further into the desert and kept going. I had left camp about seven o'clock in the morning, started walking. I got back at eight o'clock that night. But while I was out there, I had my two dogs with me. The Great Dane was black. In the middle of a desert, you don't want to oh. be a black dog. No. <laughs> not, a, not a good color. You know, and he was dying of thirst. And my little mutt dog was dying of thirst too. And I took my jackknife out and I found a barrel cactus, which is the kind of cactus they have, cactus they have there that has uh, essentially water in it. It's not water, but it's liquid. It has a liquid center. 
And so I cut it open and I took out a piece and I gave it to my mutt dog because I knew she would try to eat it and get the nutrients out of it. And she did. And then I gave a piece to the Great Dane and he spit it out. And he went, eh. I went, gee, you're such a delicate fucking flower, you big ox. What the fuck are you doing? And I realized that he didn't know how to survive. Right. Yeah. He was not a survivalist. He had never been bred for survival. He'd been bred to look pretty. Wow. And that's a sadness. You know what? That's so many people on this planet, though. They're bred to look pretty rather than actually. Yeah. Not just and actually survive. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, just... where is your survival capacity? If you're ready to survive, you can have a piece, you know, you can have a round of apple pie. Have a round of, you can have a round of apple pie and be in communion with everything around yes. you. Yes, and you can, have, you can have all the apples being used to display jewelry and have the yep. smell of the apples and stuff. So it's a very different point of view if you realize you've got to have that place where you can survive no matter what. And I found the, you know, the stallion that had the mares that were different and, you know, and he kept, he had this little group of mares. He had three mares and him. And he was, you know, he was obviously the papa of everything that was coming out. And it was very interesting. And it's like the, the, the yearling, you know, stallions wanted to challenge him, but he would just run them off. And it's like, and I kept looking at, well, where's the, Where's what's going to happen here? Where's the justice? And it's like, and I watched, you know, it's like I watched and looked and learned. And it was great. And I ate the cactus. My mutt dog ate the cactus. And I fed my Great Dane the single can of pineapple juice that I brought with me so he would survive. The gift. Yeah, the gift. You know, and it's like you have to see every gift that you have in your life and every place that you are aware of things and know things that other people don't know.